from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Cancel all your plans. Cancel everything you've got on your social calendar. Because the Lakers won a basketball game that they trailed by 27, which much must mean the entire landscape of the NBA has changed. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm Harry Douglas sitting. I'm Harry Douglas. Sweet baby Jesus. You know what? I'm uh, Apparently, I'm Harry Douglas, which makes him Jason Fitz. We're going to go with that for the minute. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, Fitz and Harry. How does it feel? Like This is like that Chris Brown song. You woke up and you are now Jason Fitz, Harry. I don't know how you feel about that, but uh, I, I don't know that you've ever looked cooler. <laughs> than, you know, you, you've, you've increased my cool points out of the gate, so congratulations on being me for this segment. Don't you be trying to crap on the Lakers for going <laughs> out there and showing up and coming back from being down 27 points? In which, Devin, what's, what's the record... Um, when teams have been up by twenty-seven points, what, what's what's the record? It's over one hundred and thirty-five and zero this season. Right until yesterday, right? Yes. Okay. Until yesterday. So yeah, so the Lakers uh, beat a team that's two games over five hundred that imploded in front of our very eyes in a game that they were trailing by twenty-seven in the first half. And I'm supposed to be so wildly impressed by the fact that they only showed up for one half that I change everything I think about the way the Western Conference is going to play out. I'm not going to let you say it like that to fit your damn narrative. Yes, they, they did this to the number six seed in the Western Conference, the Dallas Mavericks, who has Luka Doncic and also Kyrie Irving, two of the most prolific scorers in the game today. That's who they did it against, yes. I mean, they did it against a team that's uh, you know playing 500 ball in their last 10 games, uh, that's, that's fighting for their own playoff life, that has no idea what their identity looks like right now because they can't figure out which superstar is supposed to step up, and their own head coach admits they have maturity issues. But but yeah, let's make this comeback all about how great the Lakers here, here come, are. Here comes my rebuttal. Yes, they're doing it against the team that went to the Western Conference Finals last season. Oh, yes, okay. they did. And they didn't even make the playoffs last year. So yes, Fitz, they did that. And I'm happy that they did. I was impressed. I was impressed because, remember in our group chat, I was texting y'all, man, the Lakers are getting throttled right now. And I do believe my response to that was because they're actually playing a good basketball team. Oops. Exactly what that I was about to bad. bring up. Exactly what I was about to bring up. Okay, so. that's my bad. And they found, they found a way to get it done, though. They found a way to get it done with defense and energy led by Jared Vanderbilt, right? We already know LeBron James, when he's out there, he's going to be missing consistent. Anthony Davis, when he's healthy and his mind frame is in the game, what he's going to be able to do. But your role players and your bench players, they have to play a significant role. And I thought Dennis Schroeder and uh, Jared Vanderbilt did a great job of that yesterday. Now, obviously, Lakers fans are going to at me and they're all going to blow me up. Let me be clear. I would love for the Lakers to go on a run that ends in an NBA title. Why? Because the Lakers get tremendous ratings, and when my company makes money, everybody's happy here. So, uh, look, if we can keep talking about the Lakers now all the way till July, and the conversation in July can be solely about how the Lakers can repeat as champions and we can make this an all-Lakers show every day, I'm happy with that. I'm just ever the realist right now, and to me, the Lakers have a couple of wins, one over a team uh, without Steph in the Golden State, and the other one against the Mavs team that in 
imploded in historic fashion. And on top of all of that, LeBron heard a pop. So we've all seen it at this point. It's all over social media. You can read lips. He's on the ground and he said, I heard a pop. And he wasn't talking about like Popovich coming out and talking to him. No, he fell down. He heard a pop. So uh, this is what LeBron said at his press conference after the game about the pop and the injury. It's been better. Uh, that's for sure. But um, definitely wasn't uh, going to go to the locker room and not finish the game out tonight. Um, just, you know, understood the importance of the game and then the momentum that we had. I felt like we could, you know, steal one after being down. But um, we monitor the next couple of days, see how it feels and go from there. Uh, are we are we buying? I mean, it, it it is weird. I never want to question anybody's injury because let me be clear. I'm a living, breathing Peter Griffin. Like I stub my toe and I'm laying on the ground and Annabelle's licking my face for like half an hour where I just go over and so over. You're and over dram- again. So you're dramatic. Right. hundred percent. Oh, okay. well, yeah. I mean, hundred percent. Especially now, you know, it's getting better now that I'm working out all the time. Like, you know, I, I, I learned that there's a thing called side stitches, like, cause I'm running on the treadmill. And so like, I start getting these shooting pains in my side and I told you the other day, I wasn't sure. Can I toot on a treadmill? Can I not toot on a treadmill? I've been, I've been running through <laughs> all that, Harry. Like I've, I found a new level of toughness. Like I got pains all over the place. I didn't, I didn't know I could have aches and pains like I have right now. So well, basically I'm turning into LeBron here. Well, I think the only thing I would <laughs> say to, to LeBron <laughs> getting hurt in the game is that, I mean, most likely, you know, a, a lot of athletes, they would probably feel a pop before they hear a pop. Um, so, I mean, wh- whatever that is on the spectrum to each his own. Uh, but I'm glad he stayed in the game, in, into the game. But you can honestly tell that, you know, he wasn't 100% healthy throughout the duration of that basketball game. And even the announcer spoke about it a few times as well. So I hope he's going to be okay because, see, this is the thing. LeBron can't afford right now to be hurt and miss games because he just stated before the All-Star game that these last 23 games are the most significant of his career, regular season-wise. So he has to be out there for his team. He is the leader of this basketball team. He has been since he got there and arrived. He was, he was that leader when they won the championship. So now he, has, he put everything out there on the table, table as long, along with the head coach, Darvin Ham. So he has to be the driving force, and he can't be affording to get hurt. I think this comes down to the difficult part of the Lakers conversation. Like, if you take all emotion and joking out of it, and you just look around and you say, okay, what's realistic for the Lakers, right? In order for the Lakers to get to where they want to be and where some people already expect them to be now that they're playing better with a better roster— AD's got to be healthy. You just mentioned LeBron, who didn't look like himself. And all joking aside, we, we hope that LeBron is as healthy as can be because they'll need every ounce of LeBron. So they need every ounce of LeBron and AD to be not only healthy, but to play really well together while they're healthy. They also need all of the role players to continue, continue to contribute while teams ahead of them lose basketball games and they win basketball games, which will then move them up the standings to a point where they can have meaningful playoff basketball against a team in theory that they hope that they're better than. That's just asking, like, when you stack it up that way, and I know this is me being a nerd and a weenie and like, oh, guys, what do you think? But, like, when you stack it up that way, it's just hard for me to find meaningful basketball left for the Lakers this season. Now, maybe they dig themselves out of this hole, but they just have no room for error, and I don't trust the health, and I don't trust consistency, and I just I just don't trust the Lakers. Well, I will say this. if Let's just say, hypothetically, they get the sixth seed, and we have the Sacramento Kings still at the three seed. Now, a lot of people would lean towards the Lakers in that series because of the experience in LeBron and Anthony Davis. But I will say this, it's not going to be an easy out 
because what De'Aaron Fox has been able to do, Keegan Murray, their first-round draft pick this year, Sabonis. We see Malik uh, Monk coming off the bench and, you know, scoring the basketball at a very high level. It's not going to be an easy out for, for, for the Los Angeles Lakers, but there is a possibility. It, I think more so them being at the sixth seed gives them a lot more life versus them getting in the play-in situation because it's a one-and-done. You know, if you're in a certain situation, depending on where you're seated, it'll be a one-and-done. All of this is like, it's the never-ending question on the Lakers on what the real expectations are. And if the real expectations are to make a difference in the playoffs, you're right. Like, I think because of the brand of the Lakers, we want to find good in Lakers basketball. And I understand why, given the way LeBron is playing right now and given how good we all know AD can be. Like, this is not, this is not a new conversation. The conversation, when I oversimplify it for a second, Harry, of if AD and LeBron are healthy, can they make a run? How many years in a row are we going to have that same conversation in February? The problem is you just can't rely on that, right? So when you can't rely on that and the rest of the West has made big moves, like if AD and LeBron are healthy, if they come into the playoffs 100% healthy, they are not the best team in the West if everybody else is healthy. Like Phoenix is a better team than the Lakers if everybody's healthy. There's no question in my mind about that. So, Well, and I remember someone getting mad at me for saying the, the Clippers are a contender. Well, go look at the last, I would say, 15 games, the Lakers versus the Clippers, and see who, who has more wins in, in those games. It's the Clippers by a landslide. And it's the same thing with them as well. Like, those guys got to be healthy, but when they are, they're dangerous and scary as hell as well. Two or three years ago, it was very simple. The Lakers, all they had to be healthy to be was healthy. And by being healthy, they would automatically find their way to the NBA championship. We all thought that, and a lot of people said that. Now it's not that simple. Now they have to be healthy and they have to play really well. And over the last couple of games, they've managed to do that. And I want to give credit where credit is due because you get a win in the NBA, you get a win. That's all that matters. You've talked a lot about how compact the West is in the standings, right? They're getting wins. That's all that matters. But later on, when they end up falling short of some people's expectations, that's why I think it's important today to have the context of those wins. they got to win over Golden State without Steph, and they got to win over Dallas where Dallas beat themselves. I, I don't know how much credit I'm supposed to like that Dallas Lakers game was one half of terrible for each team and one half of really good for each team. And if they played again tonight, I don't think that I'd be able to put my money on the Lakers based on oh, that second half. But guess when they play? They play again tomorrow. Guess who they have tomorrow? The Memphis Grizzlies. Let me ask you a question right now. If they beat the Memphis Grizzlies. How are you going to be on Wednesday? I mean, it depends. Do they beat the Memphis Grizzlies because they just go beat the snot out of them? Or because, oh my like, gosh. the way this thing's going, like, what, is Ja going to wake up with a case of the poops and all of a sudden doesn't play? And then we're like, well, the you got to give him credit because I got the win. I mean, what are we doing here? I- I'm going to tell you this right now, I- and I will be very transparent. When we get to the break, I'm going to go to my favorite app, and I'm going to put my money on Memphis. So if Memphis loses that basketball game, I will tip my hat to the Lakers because I told you when we started the All-Star break – that I needed a three-game sample size. If they get the win over Memphis, that'll be three games. Maybe then, maybe then, (laughs) I'll admit that I was wrong. All right, one sport may have been trending on Twitter for the first time ever, and I'll tell you why it's going to be a trend moving forward next. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Magic Johnson is known for being the brightest light of the five-time champion Showtime Lakers. And since the end of his playing days, Magic has been a champion for minority-owned businesses. Magic helped to fund nearly $100 million in small business loans directly to minority-owned businesses who were impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. Black History Always. 
celebrating Black History Month on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Jason and Harry hot on. So hot. So hot. And what are they cool on? It's in or out. Are you in or out? On Fitz and Harry. That's right. Fitz and Harry. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance and the great Evan Wilner, who tomorrow, by the way, goes on vacation. I hear he's going to be out for the next six to eight weeks. I don't know. He's going like all over on some like world cruise or something, Harry. Like apparently the whole show's to happen. Must just, be nice. Hey, we're out. You and I around here grinding six, seven days a week. Uh, Evan's. Evan's gonna go play golf somewhere for. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on vacation, guys. You know, I'm gonna go play golf. You know what? I'm gonna uh, play golf, guys. Question number one, Harry: Are you in or out on Evan just taking vacation? You know what? I'm gonna go in on it because oh. we all need vacations. We all do need that time off. I know I was just messing with them, but we all have to compartmentalize and get away from things and you know shift our brain towards the jump that we're about to have when he comes back. You know what? And he, he works with such purpose and passion every day. We need to keep that fire uh, that fire yep. lit within Evan. Good answer, Harry. Fitz, would you like to violate any HR? No, uh, no, 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 no. Oh, okay. no. I mean, if, that, <laughs> if that's the HR violation that sends me to the office, then that's the most surprising development of the day. All right, Evan. <laughs> That's Evan's the one you actually said somebody. on Mike. <laughs> in or out, he'll give us a concept, uh, and we'll tell you whether we're in or out on it. What do you got, Evan? Yeah, so there's an article on CBSSports.com that made me very angry this morning because it listed the drought of each franchise and how long it's been since they had a franchise quarterback. They said it's been three seasons since the Los Angeles slash San Diego Chargers had a franchise quarterback. So. In or out that Justin Herbert is already a franchise quarterback, Fitz? Well, you can't pay him the amount of money they're about to pay him and not have him be a franchise quarterback. I I think, yeah, I'll I'll take Justin Herbert's franchise quarterback. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Probably the hesitation is that we haven't seen him win that game. Like, he hasn't had that franchise quarterback moment. But, you know, frankly, they're about to pay him and then see if they can build around him. So I'll say, yeah, he's a franchise quarterback. Scares the hell out of me twice a year. So what do you think, Harry? I'm in on it 100%. You talk about the first two years of his career in, in the National Football League, no quarterback had more passing yards or touchdowns. Do You don't think that guy's a franchise quarterback? Oh, then yeah, you must not have cable TV. So I'm in on it. Everybody's talking about baseball on Saturday because the Red Sox-Braves game ended on a walk-off strikeout because the pitch clock expired. So in or out on baseball's new pitch clock, Harry? I am... in on this because, Evan, just like you, I am a huge baseball fan. So instead of me sitting there watching baseball for three hours and 15 minutes, now it will be cut down to about two hours and 30 minutes, two hours and 40 minutes. That's significant in my life because I do a lot of other things as well. Oh, yeah. No, I'm so in on this. I I could not be more in. Like, this might actually be the thing that makes me suffer through watching baseball on television. Look, at some point, all jokes aside, I think baseball needs to fix this. And uh, a bunch of us here in the Hartford area have gone to Yard Goats games. We've seen what what impact this has and how quickly Yard Goats games uh, move up here on the minor league level. 
I love. I don't like. I love the pitch clock. It is not only one of my favorite things that I've seen. It's one of my favorite things in any sport I've seen in years. I think it saves the future of baseball. How do you like that? Jake Paul lost for the first time in his career to Tommy Fury yesterday. In or out on Jake Paul's boxing future fits? I'm all in on Jake Paul's boxing future because, frankly, I think boxing is mostly dead. But there's one thing that matters more than wins and losses in your future, and that's pay-per-view draw. And you could see the pay-per-view draw of Jake Paul. Like The fact is, it was a huge conversation all over. People on our show staff on the XFL today, yesterday, were watching while we were trying to go live just to see this fight. So do I care about it? Not particularly. If he's a draw, he has a future in boxing, even if he gets his ass kicked. So I'm in on it. I would say this. If this was a year and a half ago, I would be like, no, I'm out on it. But seeing him be consistent and take it as serious as he has been um, over the last year and a half, over the last year, I would say, I'm, I'm in on it. Also, he brings that excitement to boxing that I think boxing actually needs. So I'm in on it. Stephen Jones said this morning at the NFL Scouting Combine, I've got all the faith in the world that we can win this thing, meaning a Super Bowl with Dak. In or out that Dak Prescott can lead the Cowboys to a Super Bowl, Harry? I'm in on it if they surround him by the proper talent. They need another wide receiver. They need better offensive line play. What's the health of Ezekiel Elliott? Is he going to be on the roster? What's the health of Tony Pollard? He got injured in the playoff game against the San Francisco 49ers. So there are a lot of variables that go along with that statement. But if those variables trend in the right direction, then I'm in on it. Yeah, I'm all in. On this, like, uh, and look, uh, especially if all they make Dak do is his job, like, just make him be the quarterback of this team. Don't make him be what was the Greek guy? Was it Atlas, the one that had the world on his shoulders? Like, <laughs> don't make him be the guy that has to carry everything. Just make him the quarterback of a team where all he has to do is be a really good quarterback, and he can do that. Is that how we get the term Atlas? Yeah, I think so. Isn't it interesting? He had I didn't the, know that. Earth on his shoulders. Yeah. All right. And by the way, it should be noted, like Zeus was a totally different Greek god with power. So maybe Dak is like Zeus. He just doesn't need to carry the world on his shoulders. I like that. <laughs> Jordan Poyer, the Bill said on his podcast, The Jordan Poyer Show, I would love to go to a state that doesn't take half my money. It's crazy to me how taxes work. Some people will say you're already making X amount of money. Taxes play a big part in all of our lives. Harry, in or out on going on athletes going where they don't have state income tax. I am in on this one because it, it, it played a major decision in where I went when I left the Falcons. I'm all for this, man. And you talk about uh, Nevada. You talk about Florida, Texas. What am I missing, Fitz? Um, Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee. Tennessee. Those are the four states right now that, don't, that doesn't have any state income tax. And I'll tell you this. We played a game over in London, and the amount of taxes that they took out for that game and didn't take taxes out for guys who didn't play the game – I wish I wouldn't even played in the damn game. You know, honest. that is one of the things that is always under-talked about, and I've railed on this repeatedly uh, in life, but when, when they talk about international expansion, you have to understand that if you're playing football games in London, the tax rate is going to be wild, and something not a lot of people know, but I learned too, and like, if you make over a certain amount of money in a foreign country, you have to pay their taxes. So, like, if in your lifetime you make more than X amount of dollars in Canada, you then have to actually file taxes with the Queen every time you make money up there. So, like, I know some athletes that have played baseball that up in, uh, up in Canada that have had to work on their contracts to figure out how to make that right. Oh, my God. Yeah. And by the way, I'm surprised that the tax situation has not ever really helped the Titans get the free agents they want but also how much would it suck to have half your money go away when you're in buffalo like at least in manhattan you're in manhattan like you're you're 
up. No offense, Christine Lisi, who I love and is about to come wow. in here, and she's just going to absolutely she's going to give me a glare. I love it up in Buffalo, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But half your house across the water in Canada, I go up there. But half your money love it. You love it. Half your money love it. Nope. Okay. Sure don't. Uh, Mark Maskey of the Washington Post tweeted this morning, One NFL team has proposed making roughing the passer reviewable by instant replay. The competition committee expects to review that proposal today. In or out on instant replay for roughing the passer, Fitz? Uh, I'm in on it, but it's still a coward's move. Take the XFL's approach. Let coaches challenge absolutely anything, any play, any time they want once during the course of the game. I love that in the XFL. You can challenge holding. You can challenge roughing the passer. You can challenge hands to the face like that. Let, let's fix officiating by letting the coaches challenge absolutely anything. Yeah, I'm in on it, but I, like Fitz just mentioned, uh, the way the XFL does it, you can challenge any and everything within that football game. So just allow coaches to have that one challenge where they can challenge any play that goes on in that football game. That's if, Even if a, a team scores a touchdown, but you see that offensive guard or that offensive tackle holding, you can challenge that and it can get overturned. I agree with all that. That's all we have, Evan? That's good? All right, good good job by you, Evan. Like, I'm out on this one. Well, okay, well done. Uh, in or out uh, from Evan Wilner. Uh, great job uh, by Evan, as always. We'll keep breaking down everything you need to know, but for all the time we spent today talking about two teams mired in mediocrity known as the Lakers and the Mavericks, it is very clear right now that there is one team that is absolutely the best team in the NBA, and they showed it again this weekend. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Two fifteen to go. Kogi defending. Holiday loses him. Rises for three, and that's a big one. Triple for Holiday with two ten to go. 100 to 98, Milwaukee. Drew Holiday's got 32. Mark Hester on the call for ESPN Radio. You can't stop the Bucks. You can only try and contain them, even without Giannis. So maybe it's time that we give them a little love. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. The Wolfpack goes by one now. Quentin Richardson, Knuckleheads podcast with Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles. You should check it out. Uh, Q, always appreciate your time, man. Always love talking to you. Uh, I'm blown away with what the Bucs have done without Giannis on the floor. How are they managing to win so many games without their key? I mean, they, they, these guys have played, you know, they've, they've been through the battles already for the most part. You know, they've added a couple pieces, but this core group has been together, man, and they're, they're a well-coached team, and they're a veteran-laden team, and they, they know what it takes. Q, I got to ask you, when you look at the Eastern Conference, in your eyes, who is the team to beat between the Bucks, the Silk Sixers, and the Celtics? Right now, for me, it's Boston and the Bucks. I think those are the two. Obviously, Philly is right in there, and once the playoffs get here, it could change depending on who's playing how. But I think right now, those are the two that really stand out immediately for me. And I, I don't know; it could go either way. But I like right now. I like the I like the Celtics. But can you can you talk to me? Let's talk about Drew Holiday for a second, man, because I I don't think. A lot of people understand the significance that he plays for this team. We've seen it in the finals against the Suns a few years ago. Um, on the defensive end, his rebounding and scoring in crucial moments. In your eyes, when you look at Drew Holiday, how does he make this team different 
from a lot of the other ones? I mean, because he like like you said, he's the premier two way, you know, guard right now in the league, I think. Um, you know, being able to go out and get thirty, forty points and then making an all star this late in his career and everything he brings to the table, I think, you know, he's really now just now getting his just due with Amongst the players in the league, he's been one of those guys for a long time. You know, it's funny to me, though, Q, because, like, when you start thinking about the the Bucks conversation a couple of years ago, there were a lot of questions about Budenholzer as a coach. Could he make the adjustments? Everybody was yelling and screaming. Now, I know they win an NBA championship. That changes everything. But what's changed in your mind with his approach as a coach with this Bucks team? I think like everything else, man, coaches get better over time, too. He had great teams in, in, in Atlanta, and, um, and he did a great job there. But I think, you know, you learn as you go and you get better. And I think he's done that over the time. He's been there and he's, he's, he's gotten right to the cusp and, you know, not succeeding. And, being, you know, obviously he got over the, over the hump and won a championship. But, I mean, I think a lot of that is just, you know, narrative-driven. When somebody struggles and things like that, they, they say these different things about him until they do get over the hump. The Lakers made a few tra- uh, few trades. Their team is assembled differently now. Uh, the pieces that they acquired fits LeBron and his mold and what they want to do. Um, also, Anthony Davis, I think those pieces fit in well. What are your thoughts on the Lakers getting a win against the Golden State Warriors and also yesterday in prime time getting one against the Dallas Mavericks? Uh, it was a great job, man. But I think as everything else, uh, you know, I, I saw Barkley saying that I'm not getting, getting, you know, running away with a train with it because they won that game. I think if, if Anthony Davis is going to be that type of player, they're going to be as good as anybody, and they're going to absolutely have a chance regardless of what their seed is. But um, for me, I just need to see him be consistently available. You know, you, you mentioned that. So, like, how are we supposed to evaluate this? Because, like, you played in the league for so long, and I'm sitting here saying, okay, it's one game, it's two games. Like, how big of a sample size do we need to see of a team like the Lakers right now that are trying to show everybody what they can be before we do look at it and say, yes, this is a different version, they are a different team? Uh, for me, I, I don't think, I think the sample size is, is, is what Anthony Davis has been when he's healthy. I think that's the, that's the only question with them. Can Anthony Davis be healthy and be the guy that they need him to be as far as like carrying the, carrying more of the load than LeBron has to. I mean, LeBron has shown he's going to be who and what he needs to be regardless of who's out there. He just needs, you know, that, that guy. And then obviously you need Russell to be healthy and the, 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 uh, the components that they did add to, to, you know, show up. But Anthony Davis is the biggest factor for me. I'm going to take it to the Dallas Mavericks because we've seen a Hall of Famer and Jason Kidd, who's the head coach of that team, he made it more broadened, but I thought personally he was talking to Luka Doncic um, just by basically some of the things I've seen from him on the basketball courts and, and, and arguing with referees. What do you think is the best way for the Dallas Mavericks, you know, to get that extra oomph out of Luka? Um, I, th- I think, you know, Luka is always, you know, for them showing up and being who he has been, one of the best players in the NBA. So, I mean, they haven't, to me, they've been getting the best out of Luke. And, I mean, now they have to find out how to do that, you know, with, with Kyrie Irving trying to get the best out of him, too. So, I think, you know, Jay Kidd is one of the best basketball minds. He was a point guard. He always found ways to get the best out of his teammates. I don't, I don't have a doubt. I mean, this is, this is only a week or two into this whole thing with him and Kyrie, with Luke and Kyrie. And I think they're going to get better as they go. They're going to learn from each other and get better from each other. And um, I think they're going to get better as they go along.
But what do you do, at least with the perception? Because you talked about narrative-driven. There's a narrative right now that Luca complains about every call every single time. Like, as a team, what do you do to fix that? I mean, that's not something that a team can do. That's something that Luca, you know, if that's the case, that's something that Luca has to, uh, you know, determine and deal with. That's not what can a coach or an organization do about that. They can't. They can't force a player not to, you know, say something or not to complain. That's, you know, we had plenty of players for their whole career do that, and I don't think that's something that anybody can control. But that that individual. Quentin, we always appreciate your time, man. Be sure to check out Knuckleheads. It's Quentin Richardson. It's Darius Miles. You don't want to miss it. Q, always appreciate you hanging out with us, brother. Thanks for the insight. Yes, sir. Anytime. Appreciate you guys. Don't forget to stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts for a new Superstar battery. They can test your old battery for free, and if it needs to replace, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Get the power, performance, and reliability of Superstar exclusively at O'Reilly Auto Parts. The question is, is Luca actually the Mavericks' biggest issue? We'll answer it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. First time I met Paul Feinbaum, I was in Charlotte, ESPNU. My first day ever. Oh, Paul. Marcus Spears was in the green room. He was getting changed. I got nowhere to get changed. I walk into the bathroom. I'm like, all right, I got nowhere to get changed. I'm just going to get changed here. The minute I drop my pants, <laughs> pants on the ground, Paul Feinbaum walks in the bathroom. <laughs> just looks at me and I was like, hey, Paul. <laughs> Paul Feinbaum. <laughs> I'm Fitz. <laughs> and he just looked at me for a minute. He's like, hey, man. Harry, who's the most awkward person that's ever seen you in your underwear? It's Fitz uh, and Harry on ESPN. I don't know. <laughs> Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. A lot of conversation about the NBA today because it was a huge weekend across the league and everybody's looking at what it means. Like when you get a weekend like we had with some buzzer beaters, with some huge collapses, with big comebacks, what does it all mean? But there's two sides to this Lakers game. We've talked a lot about the Lakers side of it, but there's also a side about the Mavs. As we were just talking to Quentin Richardson, asking questions about Luka, the real question is about Dallas overall. The, the, the real question is what should be the expectation for a Mavs team that went out there and acquired one of the best players in the world in Kyrie and now puts a two on the floor that's supposed a big two on the floor I should say that's supposed to be able to contend for a title this is what Charles Barkley pro and college basketball hall of famer had to say on first take about the Mavs and whether they're a title contender well I don't think that experiment is going to work uh they're going to win some games because they're going to have some great offensive nights they're not going to be any good defensively but they're going to have some nights where they're making threes and Kyrie and Luka going to do their thing. But as far as being a serious contender, the Mavs are not a serious contender. Uh, it's, that's just a that's just because they're just good offensively. But like I say, they're going to win some games uh, because they're going to be really streaky on the offensive end. But are they a contender? No, they're not a contender at all. Should they be in that conversation? Should that be an expectation when you have Kyrie and Luka that you're an NBA Finals team? Well, I would say this, and you got to go date back to last season when they made the Western Conference Finals before losing to the Golden State Warriors. Um, they actually got there, and I don't know how they got there, but they, they studied <laughs> it up and they, and they made it to that point. You, you acquire Kyrie Irving, 
And internally, from a player standpoint, from an organizational standpoint, you're saying, okay, you know what? We made the final, uh, the conference finals a year ago. We're going to trade for Kyrie. We have an opportunity to, you know, do the same things and potentially make the NBA finals. Here's the only, the only hurdle. Defensively, you got to play defense, especially when playoff time come around. You, you, can't, you can't be loose on that end of the floor. So you lose two guys in the trade. So now guys like Josh Green, guys like Reggie Bullock, Tim Hardaway Jr., Dwight Powell, and I will even throw Maxie Kleber in there when he comes back because so, I think he's coming back soon for this team. You have to be that much more committed to the defensive end as long as, as uh, also on the offensive end. Now I will say this. You're looking at a team already with Luka Dunkic who isn't the greatest on defense, and that proved – that was proven yesterday in crunch time when he was guarding Anthony Davis, and Anthony Davis just shot a bucket down the stretch in crunch time when it was seconds left on the clock and scored to put the Lakers up even uh, that much more at that moment. So now you have to have all these guys committed to the defensive end because on top of the lack of what Luka brings to that side of the floor as well. The, the hardest part about everything you're talking about, though, is, is learning it on the fly. And I know we take this for granted in the NBA that everybody's going to be able to come together and kumbaya and they're going to sit a little campfire at midcourt and before you know it, everybody feels like they're, they're happy-go-lucky and it's perfect. I just think you're asking a lot when you mention the number of players that are going to have to accept different roles all while learning how to work with each other. So for me, there's two sides to this Mavs conversation. Should they be expected with the talent they have to compete with the best in the West? Sure. I think that's fair. You've got a lot of talent. Is it also fair to say, well, depending on who they match up with in the playoffs, it might be an early exit? I mean, if they end up having to take on a team like the Suns, I'm sorry, they're not they're not that's built. That's the key. Right. That, that, that's a key, fits because if they get the wrong matchup, it's over for them. And the Suns, for them, is the wrong matchup. I would even say if they get matched up with Golden State at some point, that's the wrong matchup because we've seen what happened last year. Now, I understand you have Kyrie Irving, but – if you watch the NBA Finals, the Boston Celtics, who is a great defensive team and the best defensive team last year, you've seen what the Golden State Warriors did offensive, offensively. So I don't, you can't even say they're going to beat the Golden State Warriors because the Golden State Warriors put, puts pressure on you from a defensive perspective, and now you have to be locked in not just half of a game, but the entire duration of, the, of, of a basketball game when you're playing against them. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. And it just, you, I always think about playoff basketball being a couple of things. Number one, matchup oriented. You're totally right. When you start to get into these best of seven series, everybody gets to know each other so well. I think that's where experience matters. I think that's where coaching matters. These are all little variables. But the other part of it is that's why I think context matters. Like when we have, you know, we just played audio of Charles Barkley. When we have a conversation about why Charles Barkley has the number of championships he has. There's a context conversation about who he was taking on in the league right then. Right now, today, there's a context conversation about expectations that I think matters because whoever comes out of the West or the East, either side, will have had to have gone through several talented teams. It's not like I can look here and say, well, you know, the Mavs should be in the NBA Finals because they're clearly the favorite. They're not. Like, the Suns, if KD is healthy and they all gel together, to me, do become the clear favorites in the West. So it is fair to layer those expectations on. But those are even ifs. Like, you can make an if or a yeah but about almost every team in the West right now that's competing. So that's why it's so hard for me to get on board or off board of so many of these teams. Like, if the Grizzlies can find reliable second scoring, they can go to the NBA Finals, right? Like, uh, But if they don't, they fall apart. Like, 
if Denver can somehow make the most of the three-time MVP by that point, they can go to the finals. If not, they can't. Like, there's just if and a yeah but on every one of these teams, which makes the NBA exciting. It just makes it hard for me to want to stand at the mountaintops and yell something hot about any of these teams when, frankly, they could all go to the top and they could all implode. Well, that's what I love about the parity in the Western Conference this season, right? Because I think all of these teams are one injury, one thing bad happening on their teams for them to be in a disarray. You look at the Lakers. LeBron goes down, they're done. If AD goes down, they're done. You look at the Phoenix Suns. If Kevin Durant or Devin Booker can't stay stay healthy, they're not going to be able to compete for a championship, I don't think, at this point uh, in, in those guys' career. Those two guys have to be healthy for, for their units. You look at Denver. Lord and behold, you need Jokic to be healthy. But also you need Michael Porter Jr. You need Jamal Murray. You need those guys to be healthy as well. We just witnessed that last season in which against the Golden State Warriors, the Diva Nuggets and Jokic was running down the, the court like a dog with, with, with his tongue hanging out because he was so tired of the pace. You see what I'm saying? So all of these teams, there are little things to them that make them go, but there's also little things to them that can make them derail as well. And so many of the questions that you've asked, just right then, about health, are things that we've seen prove a concept to the opposite of, right? Like, we've seen guys not be able to stay healthy. Like, asking, and that's why I keep saying, asking AD to be healthy and impactful from now until July, I think is like asking me to win the scratch-off. It might happen. I might pull over at the gas station, I might scratch off the lottery ticket, and I might win a million dollars. Not likely. Asking AD to do that is just not likely because he hasn't been able to do it lately. Asking LeBron at his age and with the wear and tear that's on his body to take the extra load and not be slowed down by injuries, asking a lot. Asking KD to stay on the court? My God, like, this is asking Kyrie to normalize. We could throw another team in there. We, We talk about the Clippers. Paul George along with Kawhi Leonard. Those guys have to be able to stay on the floor and be available to their team. You can't tell me that 90% of these, if you were walking up like in the old days to a sports book in Vegas and you're trying to fill out the little piece of paper, you can't tell me that you couldn't be talked in or out of most of these teams. When you're about to fill out your little sheet of paper, somebody walk up and be like, mm-hmm. yeah, but Kawhi can't stay healthy. And it, it, it will rock you because there's <laughs> truth to all of it every single step of the way. We'll keep breaking down uh, all the NBA news and notes from the weekend, of course. But coming up, We'll tell you why the NFL draft actually started today. I'll explain it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 